0: It is Thursday, January 26th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, hello, it's me, Janine Rubenstein, here with you this Thursday. It's been brewing for a while now, but the tea surrounding GMA3 hosts, TJ Holmes and Amy Robach, is still hot, and we have all the latest new updates surrounding their future on The Morning Show. And speaking of people who like their tea, it's been a few weeks since Prince Harry spilled some royal secrets in his tell-all, and today we're talking about how it's impacted the rest of the Windsor family. But first, let's get to some stories making headlines out there today. On Tuesday, Austin Butler received an Oscar nomination for his portrayal of The King. That was horrible. (laughs) In Baz Luhrmann's biopic, Elvis. (laughs) While it seems like his transformation was seamless, Butler recently admitted to the LA Times that it was his ex-girlfriend, Vanessa Hudgens, who encouraged him to seek out the role. Butler said, quote, We'd been together for so long and she had this sort of clairvoyant moment. And so I really I owe her a lot for believing in me. He even shared the precise moment it came to her. The two were looking at Christmas lights together, and an Elvis Christmas song came on the radio. He started singing along when Hudgens looked over at him and said, you've got to play Elvis. To which Butler replied, oh, that's such a long shot. Hudgens continued to insist that Butler play Elvis. And by the end of 2019, it was announced that he officially landed his now Academy Award nominated role. Hudgens and Butler were together from 2011 until they broke up in January of 2020. Both of them are now seeing other people, but it's pretty great that he's giving his ex her due for encouraging him to pursue the role of a lifetime. Moving on to two exes who may not have anything nice to say about each other at the moment. Gerard Piquet, the former professional soccer player and former longtime partner to Shakira, went. IG official with his new boot. PK shared a selfie of himself snuggling up to new girlfriend Clara Chia Marti. Shakira and PK share two sons and were together for more than 11 years before they announced their breakup this past June. PK's post with his new lady comes just two weeks after Shakira threw some shade his way in her new club hit, BZRP, music session number 53. The lyrics are very specific to PK, with some verses roughly translated into English as, I'm too good for you. And that's why you're with someone just like you. You left me, my mother-in-law, as my neighbor. Media outlets at my door and in debt with the government. You thought you hurt me, but you made me stronger. Women don't cry anymore, they cash in. Ooh, my goodness. A little on the nose, yes. I mean, she is laying it all out there. Uh, Her tax case, the mother-in-law, the media, she's throwing it all at her ex. Love seeing Shakira, you know, throw so much shade while still shining so bright. And now it's time to turn our attention to the latest surrounding suspended Good Morning America hosts, TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. It has been a couple weeks since the newest jaw-dropping behind-the-scenes scandal on a morning show, Grace Newsfeeds, but we are here and back talking about T.J. Holmes and Amy Robach, the two first sparked dating rumors late November when photos of them cozying up in a car on what seemed to be a vacation in upstate New York surfaced. The co-anchors were soon off the air and found themselves having to answer a lot of questions. Mediation is underway, and we have some questions of our own now. So here to join me is The Morning Show Whisperer and People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs. Charlotte. Hey, Janine. Thanks so much. Well, as a refresher for the audience who may not be familiar with the story, how can that be? Uh, Can you give us a quick synopsis of how this all started to how we got to network mediation? I bet there's
1: also divorce mediation happening too, unfortunately, but yes. So, okay. Going back to the beginning of December, this bombshell set of photos dropped in the Daily Mail. And they're not only looking like they're on a cozy you know weekend together, but he's like touching her butt. They're walking arm in arm. They're holding hands in a cab, all of this stuff. So it's very, very obvious that they're dating. And now what we understand from sources at the time was that They had both split up with their spouses and were, in fact, dating. In fact, they had broken up with their spouses over the summer. You know, they're saying they got together afterwards. Timeline's a little squishy. They certainly didn't announce anything. And so to the world, it looked as though they got busted having an affair. And so the funny thing is that had broke on like, I don't know, the middle of the week. ABC let them go on air for the for the rest of that week, they were on for several days, and then the following week, they're like, "We're pulling them." It's funny. It was like the scandal that was like about to die down because I think a lot of people were like, "Okay, these are two people who are dating. They basically just admitted it. They're not hiding anything." And then the network yanks them off the air. It gives a whole second wave of scandal
2: to
3: yeah. it.
1: And GMA is not that good about explaining what their process is or what their motivations are, what they're doing. I think it really shocked them, Amy and TJ, they didn't expect that to happen. The president of ABC News addressed it and said that they were just like, you know, doing an internal review. Mm -hmm. But it has now dragged on for so long that I don't even know how you can possibly remedy the situation other than to start ways.
0: How do you go back, right? Do we know what's happening in the mediation? Is there a fireable offense here? Is it more personal than professional? Like, what is the discussion about?
1: So, okay. According to a source, ADC is trying to figure out what degree of punishment is appropriate here. They're trying to basically regulate two people's personal lives. These are two people who are like unabashedly dating, not ashamed, not hiding it. They're adults. It doesn't seem as though there's any power discrepancy here. So, a source close to the couple said that basically their outlook is that this situation sucks. They've been absolutely devastated to have been taken off the air. And even though they haven't been terminated, it's like they basically feel like they have because how can they possibly go back on? I mean, if you remember when Michael Strahan left live with Kelly and Michael yeah. to go on CMA. Drama. Yeah, there was a huge amount of drama there. But his argument was, hey, I'm like the football player and the coach is telling me which property I'm going to support. ABC has a lot of properties and I feel like they could have just moved people around. Mm. These guys are on GMA3. They could have pushed one into gma let the other one stay on GMA3, they could have moved somebody into a different
0: thing altogether. Or is there something deeper going on? Because we did get that news tidbit about just claims that there was other extramarital situations going on with TJ Holmes where there might have been a power dynamic. Do we know anything about like if that might be filtering in to some of these discussions and the mediations and and all of that? Well,
1: I'm sure that that does not help anybody. It's like it doesn't make the situation easy to navigate. First of all, who knows what's what, right? Like I'm sure his wife would love to know too. Yeah. I reached a source today who said that like, okay, sure, there may have been like relationships at work. One of them was like something that he admits to or whatever, but then there are some other names that have surfaced and people are linking to him, to this person, that person. And according to the source, it's getting almost to be a little bit ridiculous where they're claiming that he was with all kinds of people and some of them he's disavowing even knowing who they are. Mm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: There may or may not be any like actual litigation that happens here, but I think it's implicit that it's ABC and these guys are not on the same team anymore. Yeah. And so these guys don't feel as though ABC has their back. Basically they feel like there's some sort of smear campaign out there. Mm. And of course a lot of these morning show contracts include morality clauses. Yes.
0: And that's the big thing here. But, you know, you're going into the people's homes every single morning, smiling at them, talking about your wife and your kids and like, you know, painting this picture. And then you see this. I mean, there's some there there.
1: That's where I think it's like super up to interpretation, right? You may be able to get TJ on the morality clause on the basis if you can indicate that he really did have multiple affairs on the set of his show. Yeah, like
0: actively on the set in rooms are some of the claims. I
1: feel like between the two of them, it's a little hard to say that it's a morality issue. They really want people to understand and believe that they broke up with their spouses and then got together. What the Amy and TJ people who are friends with them say is that these guys are like, they're like nearly 50 years old. It's a consensual relationship. If they want to date each other, they can date each other. And like, who's to say that that's immoral to like move on after your marriage.
0: And then on the personal side, you were saying they're devastated, right?
1: Yes, and I think that they don't mind people knowing that they are together and they are a couple. They have not split up. There's been a lot of swirl in various papers about like, oh, they're broken up. They're not really like together anymore. Like, no, they're together. I think they feel as though they made their bed, they made it together, and now they gotta like see this through
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charlotte, as someone who has covered these stories in the past and knowing some of Amy's history from her time at NBC to now being at ABC, to see these morning show workplaces, they have uh, some stories behind those walls. Yeah,
1: it doesn't really stack up to like a Matt Lauer situation where there was like a whole power dynamic element to it. There was like this like secret element to it. And also, he like just like ruled that show with an iron fist. And not to mention, there was also like the element where a lot of people, then said that it was non-consensual contact and stuff like that. This like doesn't quite stack up, but what's the common thread? There seems like there's a lot of sex happening at these (laughs) (laughs) networks. A lot of hot people. What can you say? There's a lot of sexy people on the air. The most beautiful people representing our fine country in the mornings. And I guess they're so sexy that they can't stay away from each other.
0: Well, that about says it all. Thank you so much for being on the show with us again today. I am sure there will be more to talk about here soon. As always, for the up-to-the-minute information on this story, go to people.com. Thanks, Jane. Coming up, we head across the pond to take the temperature of the royal family to see how well they've been keeping their cool since the release of Prince Harry's tell-all memoir, Spare. But first, my friend and colleague Jeremy Helliger stops by again today to highlight some of his favorite stories surrounding our upcoming Black History Month coverage. Stay right there, and I'll talk to you all on the other side of the break. We are back, and as we mentioned on yesterday's show, this week's issue kicks off our Black History Month coverage in the magazine. Joining us to preview some of our coverage and to highlight some specials you can stream at home is People's executive editor Jeremy Halliger. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Janina. So, Jeremy, what stories should our audience look forward to in our Black History Month coverage?
3: We have a lot of really good stuff coming up in the magazine. We have a package on the living legends of tomorrow. We also have a package on the TV shows that changed everything, which is led by Good Times. And I actually spoke with several of the surviving members of the cast. And it's just going to be an amazing tribute to TV shows that I don't think always get the recognition that they deserve. And speaking of things that don't get the recognition that they deserve, the Oscar nominations came out mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. the Emma Till biopic about his mother's quest for justice. Daniel Deadweiler was overlooked for a Best Actress nomination, which has me seething because for my money, it was the best leading performance of the year. But I think a lot of people would rather watch the millionth Elvis Presley biopic, the millionth Marilyn Monroe biopic, But they skip over this really important story that is not just part of Black history. It's part of American history. And everyone should be paying attention. Everyone should know this story. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yes, you hit the nail on the head with that. Everyone is like, wait, what? No Danielle Dudweller? Well, what are some of the things that are going to be terribly hard to ignore this month? I I know people are talking about becoming on Netflix, kind of going and resurfacing that. Summer of Soul is going to be back out on Fox Searchlight. What else is out there that you feel like it came out, but you should revisit this?
3: Well, I really want to talk about Summer of Soul because that was something that the Academy Awards did not ignore. It won Best Documentary Feature at last year's ceremony. I remember watching this and seeing the staple singers in the 60s and just being so excited to see this Black talent in these vintage clips that a lot of us have never seen. Yeah, and the fact that it was recognized by a predominantly white <laughs> voting body really made me feel that people are really getting it. And there's also, you know, this year is the 50th anniversary of hip hop and Chuck D of Public Enemy is exploring hip-hop's political awakening over the last 50 years in a four-part series. I know that when hip-hop first came about, people didn't think it would even last that long. Mm. And look at it now. It's the predominant form of music in America. Hip-hop is American music. And a couple of years ago, Beyoncé released a visual album called Black is King.
0: Yes, she did.
3: This really moved me. I kind of think the word empowerment is overused, but this really showed Black people that in American history, it's emphasized that we came from slaves. And that might be true, but we also came from royalty. We came from African royalty. And Blackest King is a reminder of that. Beyonce has done so many great things over the course of her career, but I think that this is probably the most meaningful thing she's ever done.
0: It is stunning you're gonna make me go watch it right after we finish recording (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh jeremy thank you so much for stopping by again today you guys you can head to people.com for the entire month of february for more stories like this and be sure to pick up the kickoff to our black history month coverage in this week's issue on newsstands tomorrow thanks jeremy you're very welcome You didn't think we'd let a week go by without updating you all on the Royals, did you? Following a little book that was released called Spare, have you guys heard of it? We have seen the family stepping out a lot lately, carrying out their respective duties. They have been so busy. Plus, we know you've seen all of Prince Harry and those spare memes that are going everywhere. They've been all over my timeline and we will get into all of that and more. Joining me now to talk about all things Royals is People's senior editor, Aaron Hill. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Janine. Well, first off, let's talk about Prince William and Kate Middleton. Today, they were helping out a food bank in Windsor, and last week, Prince William stepped out to support a cause that means a lot to both him and his mother, the late Princess Diana. So tell us, what else have they been up to?
2: Yeah, so the senior girls have definitely been out and about in the new year, conducting engagements at schools, youth charities, and royal patronages. We saw William and Kate out today, as you mentioned, at a food share in Windsor. Earlier this week, Kate met with a lot of professionals tied to her work with the Royal Foundation Center for Early Childhood Development. William visited a homeless organization, which was something that was very important to Diana, too, during her time as a royal. And then also, William had an outing last week as well to an impoverished community and a charity there. Wow.
0: Well, there's no slowing down for William and Kate, for sure. So it's definitely been a crazy few weeks. though, following the release of Spare. And let's be honest, this book didn't make either of them look too good, especially Prince William. We know the royal motto is never complain, never explain. But seeing how busy William and Kate have been, is this Sort of maybe their way of responding, going high when they feel like Harry's going low, or just normal busyness for them?
2: You're right. It's radio silence coming from the palace, but I think this is a case of actions speaking louder than words. They usually do have a busy start to the year, but we are seeing them really out and, and engaging with the public. And I think that, you know, there's no apparent signs of any tension or stress over it. William has even point blank just avoided comments that have been um, thrown to him by reporters about whether he's read his brother's book. It's clear that they want to appear to not be phased, but really use this time to shine a spotlight onto these community charities.
0: But the sources are quiet, too. And this is to Harry's point, I guess, in the book about them kind of speaking through their sources, and they're not doing that this time around.
2: It has been quite as clear there's been a real united front on that end. We're not going to speak out on any of this. We're not gonna release any statements and that comes from those sources as well. However, people have spoken to some palace insiders who who share some details and how Charles and William are upset and sad about this, but they know that responding publicly is not in their best interest.
0: Got it. Got it. Well, let's talk about the response to spare worldwide. I mean, there have been memes galore with this one. Prince Harry really did not hold back when calling out the media and how the media can portray things, especially taking things out of context. And I say that because there was this one part of the book in particular that lots of people were talking about Harry's frozen personal body part (laughs) at his brother's
3: wedding. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted to be was Frosnipistan. I'd been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. You want me to put that on my todger? it works, Harry. Trust me.
0: So do you think that one section of the book going viral kind of speaks to Harry's point of things kind of being extrapolated and blown up? Or, I mean, it's riveting, I have to say.
2: I I think he knew anything that went in this book was going to be fair game to pick out and I don't think he's as concerned about this one kind of making the rounds and he knew he had a choice to put that in or not put it in. Clearly, it's a memorable moment in his life dealing with this after a trip to Antarctica where he didn't protect all of his body parts during a very chilly experience. Now I can never look at the photos again of of William and Kate's wedding and Harry standing there. I mean,
0: he said it was going to be raw <laughs> and right. unflinching. I'll just put that out there. But despite the royal family not saying anything, what more have we heard about just how they are dealing privately?
2: So they're publicly remaining tight-lipped and a lot of what's going on right now is just being focused on the coronation. We're officially at the 100 Day countdown now so we can start counting down. So I think that's going to be where all their focus is. And of course, going around in the background will be this idea of reconciliation. Will Harry and Meghan be at the coronation? And so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out in, over the next couple of months.
0: Oh, I'm going to need a Game of Thrones style Harry bursting through the doors of the coronation, marching down the (laughs) middle of the aisle.
2: (laughs) Dramatic fashion. That's what we want.
0: Well, as always, you guys, if you want more updates on the Royals, head to people.com for all the latest news. And Erin, it's always so good to see you. Thanks so much for stopping by.
2: You too, Janine. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, you guys, this last story is one that honestly both warms my heart and sends a cold shiver down my spine. Dylan Gartenmeyer is a 22-year-old from Key West, Florida. And last week, he was doing what 22-year-olds from Key West do. He went out free diving with some friends. While Dylan was out there, the weather conditions started to shift suddenly. But he figured he had some time to do one last dive. And that's when Dylan was swept away by the current. He said he spent only two minutes underwater. But when he re-emerged, he was roughly a mile away from his friend and all alone. As the sun was setting, Dylan realized he had to act quickly and began to swim over a mile to make it to a channel marker. Several hours passed. He eventually saw Coast Guard helicopters out in the distance. And like a scene out of a horror movie, no matter what he did, they couldn't hear or see him. That's when Dylan came to the realization that he'd have to fight the night out, he says. But what he didn't know was that help was on the way. Priscilla Gartenmeyer documented the hunt for her cousin in a now viral TikTok video. While Dylan was busy tying together some nearby buoys to forge a makeshift raft for the night, his family was setting out to search for him. His cousin and mother joined several friends and family members on his grandfather's boat, and they headed out to Dylan's last known coordinates. Dylan's grandfather floored the boat's engine, and they raced out into the wide open ocean. It was getting dark, and as Dylan's mother told Tamron Hall on her show earlier this week, we'd do 55 miles an hour the whole way out there, and then all of a sudden I said, slow the boat down, slow the boat down. And they were like, and I said, we need to stop and look and listen. And literally Dylan was right there. I mean, wow, the odds of finding him at all, let alone the timing of everything. Priscilla captured the rescue in a now viral video where you see the family pull a very exhausted Dylan onto the boat. His mother described the incredibly emotional moment. And then I ran to the front of the boat. I really wanted to jump in, but that wouldn't have been a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, and we get the spear gun, we run to the back, and I couldn't wait to just pull him on that damn boat and hug him. And I'm taking off his face, he's like, mom, hold on. (laughs) just remarkable. You can see the video of Dylan's Rescue for yourself at people.com. So glad this had a happy ending. And just a reminder, Mother Nature is no joke, you guys. Well, that's a wrap on our show for today. Thanks again for listening. And I'll be back to close out the week with you tomorrow right here on People Every Day.